Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back with another episode on the REI Network podcast. Um, today, I want to dive back in with some training. I always like to do these videos, or if you're listening on the podcast, this informative things that you can actually follow along with. Okay, now, sorry if my voice is going a little bit. I have been sick. I am feeling better, but you might you might hear it in my voice a little bit, and I do apologize <laughs> if you do. But on this on this episode, what I want to talk about okay, is the seven fundamentals of wholesaling real estate, okay? And sometimes every business, it doesn't matter if you're listening and, oh, well, I know how to do that. I'm already doing it. But sometimes you can overlook the core things in this business, the basic things in the business that actually get results. Because remember, when you're starting off on, on this business, I think you need to have the fundamentals in place, one, to actually do deals, and two, to actually grow the business and start working on the business and not in it. Then things need to be in place. We have certain job roles within this within wholesaling real estate that we need to do, okay, that we can start to outsource to grow the business, work on the business, scale the business, whatever vision that you have going to multiple markets. And everyone listening to this is on a completely different journey, okay? And I think it's important uh, to, to understand that, that there's not one way to do this business. The choices that I make is, is to go directly in with what I'm trying to achieve for my goals, right? For me, I will work as hard as anyone, but I want to work from anywhere, when I want, with who I want, when I want, right? So that's what it means to me. And that is exactly what I've created on my real estate business. Okay, I do. I work uh, only a couple of hours a week, probably on it because I have the right people and teams in place, but that takes time. I still had to have these fundamentals in place before you can actually scale, grow, go into multiple markets, uh, work on the business, not in it. Whatever it is that you're trying to do, you need to have them in place, okay? And you cannot, remember, you cannot automate anything. Uh, we, we talk about automation and delegation. You cannot do that if it doesn't already work. This is what's frustrating sometimes when you hear about people wanting to put you know, workflows in place, when the workflow doesn't work, you can't make it work yourself manually because it's not happening. Don't think that you can just turn on automation because it doesn't work. You've got to get the fundamentals in place, okay? So let's break down. What are these seven steps? This is what I want to talk to you about to, to go through. So number one is picking a market, all right? Now, when we pick a market, should you go local? Should you go virtual? I just did an episode uh, a couple of weeks ago on this. But here's the deal. I, I believe it starts with where are you currently living and what type of deals are you trying to do? Now, on this, we're talking about wholesaling real estate, finding discounted properties, okay, so that we can choose our exit strategy. Do you want to wholesale it? Do you want to wholesale it? Do you want to buy it and hold it? Do you want to fix and flip it? What is it that you want to do? But it all starts with finding the deal. Remember, we make money when we find the deal, not when we sell the deal. You have to buy at the right price. So picking a market, it's, it's not easy, but it has to be simple in terms of because you can overthink it. All right. So what I want you to do is just say, OK, do I live in a high end area? Do you live in a California do you live in a, a New York or somewhere like that? And if you do, then you want to be looking around the surrounding counties, okay, or looking to go virtual. 
Okay, that's what I would say. Then I go, well, now how do I pick? I, I keep it when I work with clients, I say, did you grow up somewhere? Did you go to college? Do you know family, friends? Do you know anything about another state? And I start to narrow it down and go, oh, actually, I used to live here or live there or grew up there. I know that area well. I have friends. Okay, great. Well, let's maybe analyze that market. So I actually narrow the market and then do the, the market research. Okay, and that's kind of step one. Then what I do is once I've identified that market, I'm then going to go and look for cash buyers in that market. Now, the reason that I do that, okay, is look for cash buyers is because I want to know what people want. What are people buying currently in this market? Now, this market, as I'm recording this, is crazy. It's hot. Okay, it's uh, people are overpaying. There's no deals, apparently. Well, there clearly is because right now I have a deal, a flip selling on Friday. Okay, I have two more going on the market in two weeks. We close on another one next week. I've got another one lined up behind that. Plus, we've got some wholesale deals, and these are all found at discounted prices. So don't think that they're not there. Okay, the reason that I'm able to flip, flip these or wholesale these deals is because of finding them. And remember, we are in the sales and marketing business. That's what wholesaling real estate is. If we're in the sales and marketing business, we're not in the real estate business. Understand them. The real estate side comes on the back end with your choices of what you're going to do. But to find deals, we're in the sales and marketing business. So I like to go and look for cash buyers and find out what they're buying, where they're buying, how many they're buying, how quickly can they fund these deals, uh, do they need to get financing or do they have cash on hand ready to go? Um, and I find and start to learn about the market from the knowledge of the cash buyer. So and you've got to do this in a, in a in a conversational way. You can't just be like everyone else reaching out like, hey, you know, keeping it boring. Hey, are you looking for any deals right now? You've got to build that communication. They're your clients. Get to understand you know, do something different act in a different way. Something along the lines of, let's just say we're cold calling a buyer. Hey, Barry, how are you doing? I think you bought a property on 123 Main Street in the last month or so. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, look, you know, I, I do a lot of wholesaling. I do a lot of marketing. I don't want to bother you, but I'd really like to understand exactly what you want. So when I bring you a deal, it works. I don't want to waste your time. And that could be enough of going, oh, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure you get all these deals and, you know, they're all well overpriced. So I need to get an understanding. And this is where people go wrong, Barry, is I need to understand what you're looking for and the prices that you're you're being at for the location. And once I understand that, I can best deliver the deals that you need. Right. So it could go something along the lines of that and actually go, well, I don't want this zip code. I won't buy there, but I'll buy anywhere else. And a lot of the times your buyer will give you a lazy answer. They will say, I'll buy anywhere. So then what you need to follow up with, the follow-up question is, is there anywhere that you won't buy? Is there any zip codes that you're not interested in? And then they will often go, oh, yeah, well, I won't buy there and there. All right, so they'll give you the lazy answer of anywhere, but truly they won't buy anywhere, okay? So that's kind of why we do it. Now, there's multiple ways. You can be looking on the Facebook groups. Look at local Facebook groups uh, for cash buyers and for wholesalers, anyone that has buyers. So not just cash buyers, but wholesalers, property managers, realtors, Okay, all these people that work, you've got the property managers that, that have the doors for cash buyers, you've got the realtors, hold on, you have the realtors that uh, look after cash buyers, one realtor might have 10 cash buyers. So again, you want to network with everyone and build that list and understand what they have. So that's step two is finding cash buyers. Now, once we've done that, now we go on to the marketing piece. So this is where your marketing plan comes out. 
this is where you will start to look at actually what marketing channels that you want to do. Now, here's the thing when it comes to marketing, and, and, and I could spend probably seven hours on this, ep, this bit alone when it comes to marketing, but you have proactive and reactive marketing. Proactive is your cold calling and your texting and your door knocking where you're being proactive in generating leads. You're actually going and sourcing and finding people that are interested in selling and you're drumming up leads. Then you have the reactive marketing, which is a better marketing. They're a better quality of lead, but they will come up at a much higher price. So that is your direct mail, your PPC, your Facebook ads. Okay. They're the ones that will bring in actually motivation into you. They will be a better quality lead, but again, it will cost you more money. Then you have to look at, well, direct mail, we can actually keep it local within a, a, an area of zip codes. With the PPC and the Facebook, they're going to be a lot more if you do direct target marketing. Now, a lot of people in the industry that are running them channels are now doing statewide or nationwide marketing. And the reason they're doing that is they want to keep the cost of the marketing down, right? So that's what you need to look at. So all of a sudden, we've just picked a market. We've just identified a cash buyer's list in that market. You might not want to do that if you are doing the approach of the nationwide marketing because that doesn't make sense because now you need to be more diverse. You need to be better on the phone. You need to understand how to analyze deals, to make offers, and do your follow-up, okay? So just want to throw that out there from a marketing piece. Are you going to be a proactive or a reactive? Okay, and it depends on if you're going narrow focused or you need to go wider. You can go narrow again with PPC, for instance, but you might be paying four or five hundred a lead coming in, where if you go nationwide, you might be paying $65, $80 a lead. So you can see there's a massive difference depending on how wide that you want to take that. So you would never do that with a cold calling or the texting uh, or even the direct mail, but you would on the Facebook and the PPC. Okay, so. Number three is marketing. We're doing that to get the leads coming in on one form or another into us that are interested in selling or interested in an offer. Then step four is talking to sellers. Now, talking to sellers, this is the million dollar skill. This is where all the money's made is talking to sellers. So now, should you have a script? Should you have questions? How should you do this? You're brand new. You don't understand. It comes down to personalities, okay? This is what I've come to understand, that everyone is different. Right. And for me, I am not a script. I cannot read from something. It sounds like a three year old is reading. It doesn't work for me. I am more show personality, engage, have a conversation. That's how I operate and work. But for you, maybe you're like, no, I like a script. It's something to follow on. And, and you're good with that. So pick. I would either go with the questions or the script, depending on your personality. For me, a script's an absolute no go. It should be conversational, it should be questions. But again, depending on that personality, some people do prefer the script, all right? So once you have that, you're there to fill to, to find out literally four things. I'm going to try and, again, keep this to the point and simple. And I have training on this, guys, as well, right? So you can watch all the videos. If you're interested in, in, in working more with me and in our group, go to reinetwork.com slash join, reinetwork.com slash join. I'm going to flash that on the screen right there and, and apply. We're doing four to five live coaching calls right now every week. It's insane. Our results have been absolutely crazy. So um, make sure you check, check it out. Get on the phone with us. Have a conversation. But like I said, four to five live calls 
every week has been an absolute game changer for us. Okay. Anyway, right. So that is step four is talking to sellers. That's what I was saying. And you want to identify these four things that you need to identify. Situation and motivation with the seller is number one when you're having a conversation. Then the other three things is the condition of the property, the timeline, and the price. So what's going on with the seller? Why do they want to sell? Why are they interested in selling? The condition of the property. Have they done any major updates in the last five years? Okay, and finding that information out. You're going to find the timeline. How quickly do they want something to happen? And then the price of the property, what are they looking for? Now, with them four things, you can then identify what type of thing that you want to do. Now, if you're more experienced, you could go into the creative finance and things like that. But obviously, you can also make a cash offer because, again, from this episode, we're talking about wholesaling. So they are the four things that you need to get in that conversation by either your script or asking questions to be able to deliver that. All right. So now we go on to step five, making offers. Now, (laughs) this is something that everyone gets hung up on. And we need to fire offers out. Just on a coaching call yesterday, and someone said, hey, will you review my offer? And I said, well, yes, I will. But what are you, what are you, why? Like, what's going on? Well, I want to make sure it's the right offer. And I said, look, here's the deal with offers. We want three to four to five minimum going out every single day. We can't analyze every one of them. So we need to start getting commitment from the seller. So have the confidence to send the offer And understand that if it's a cash deal, you need equity. It needs to be a discounted price when you make that offer. All right. And and yes, for confidence, we do analyze them. We do look at them. But sometimes if I'm analyzing a deal or or anyone that you go to or, or is coaching or mentoring you, we only have a certain amount of information just like you to say, okay, let's look at the sold properties. What is actually sold in the neighborhood in a similar condition? All right. And we're going to start with there. And we're going to make sure that we're under that. We could keep it that simple. So if Bob has a property that he wants to make an offer of 70000 and we go and see three lowest sold comps is averaging 90000 and he's at seventy, then we should have a, a deal. The next thing we do is go and look at the actives. Make sure that there's nothing that's actively on the market that is lower than your property. So let's say Bob makes a, a $70,000 offer and then we go on the market and look, and there's been one that's in a similar condition that's been sitting on the market for 60 days at 75,000 and it's not moved, then ours is not a deal at 70. If it's sitting on the MLS for 60 days and not moved at the same price as what we're asking, we know we're too high, we need to be lower. So we have these little checkpoints that you can do when making offers. So again, go and find the three lowest sold comps in the same condition and then take your feet off. And you can price anchor this by saying, hey, I'm going to take a $20,000 and then I'm going to come up 10 to still make a 10 spread. And again, we could in that negotiation of making offers, we could talk hours and hours on doing that. Now, on the flip side of making offers, let's say you, you can't find anything that needs where everything that you can find is what's selling at the top price the ARV, the after value repair, that's when then you could start looking at the percentage of you've heard the 70% and the 80% and things like that. But that's only going to work if you have that ARV and you understand what the repairs are. Now, the repairs, just keep it simple. You could do $10, $25, $45 a square foot for a full rehab, for instance, 45 for a full rehab in Alabama. So we times the square footage by 45 and then we take our fee off. So 70% of 100,000, let's say 70,000 minus repairs, it's um, 1,000 square foot. So let's say a 1,000 
square foot at $45. It's 45,000, right? So if we do 70 minus 45 is, I should know this, but is 25. And I want to make 10. I'm going to make $15,000 offer based on the work that needs, based on that offer, right, of an ARV. So you can do the ARV, the after value repairs and things that the science, science doing higher. But if you have similar low end and, and yours is a distressed property, then make sure you're under everything else that's on the market and you can keep it that simple to make your offer. But here's the goal. Get your offers out. Get commitment from the seller. Then you can deep dive into, is this a deal? Is it not? Do I need to renegotiate? And you will start to learn as you go and you will create your internal comp. So what do I mean by that? The more deals that you do, like we know in, in Birmingham that we know that if it's on this street or this street, we know if we're going to be in the end need it at 35, 40,000 or 150 to 170 because the things that we've already bought. So it will get easier as you go, but don't overlook this. Just get the offers out and you will learn as you go and you will get better and better at it. All right. So that was step five. Then there's two more steps left. Follow up. Follow up. This is the money step. This is where you've spent your money on your marketing. You've had conversations with the sellers. You've made your offers and now they go into a follow up pile. Now, follow up is where, again, the profit is made. This is where the money's made. And you need to make sure that you are on top of your follow-up. If you want to have a business in real estate, it comes from follow-up. I don't care what marketing that you're doing. You should always do more deals from the follow-up than inbound marketing unless you're doing 20, 30, 50K a month and you're doing you know, four or five deals from that a month and, and that's how you're running the business, but you're still leaving a lot of money on the table if you are. So follow-up is key. Now, again, I've said this every, every section that I could do hours and hours um, on this when I, you know, teaching in all of these sections. Um, but follow up is kind of like it's it's just so important. This is how I made it in the business, guys. I took dead leads and I cold called them from three months old, closed my first ever two deals. So this is where I'm passionate. This is where I see the profit. This is where we can spend two, three, four, five thousand dollars in our business to get one deal done. Right. But over five, six months, I could do five deals for that same five thousand just from follow up. So your marketing dollars will go further because of the follow up. That's how you're actually going to make it profitable from how quickly can you get your return to how can you 10 times your return. And that comes with good follow up. So that is following up with personal cold calls, right? Calling on the phone, text messaging, personalized text messaging. You can also follow up with automation, right? Any cold leads you can set autoresponders to go off for you to touch back and, 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 and do that with the seller. But I would only do that on cold leads. Any warm or hot leads needs to be in front of you on a whiteboard. And they are kind of the things that you see every day that's in your eye line and you're moving them across the board. Okay. From offers made or pending contracts to under contract to close contracts. Your goal is to go left to right through them columns. Okay. From under contract sorry, pending contract, under contract, into close, and we're trying to move them over. So all your hot and warm leads should be on there because you should have been making offers and getting them through them channels into closing, okay? So that's what um, that's what you need to be doing with the follow-up. Um, and again, if you're brand new, start every 30 days with follow-up uh, just to create a habit. 
and then you can start putting things in place accordingly from where and when you should be doing it, okay? Um, awesome, so that is step six, and then step seven, the fun bit is number seven is closing the deal. Now, closing the deal, so this could be assigning the contract, it could be double closing on the contract, so you need to now take the contract, you've got the contract signed, whether that been from talking seller and making the offer, you got it from follow-up, you have the contract in hand, now we got to sell it. So the first thing you got to do is go back to the cash buyers that you've already built in step two, and you're going to network with your cash buyers, your realtors, your property managers, your wholesalers, and you're going to go and get your deal moved. Now, when you have a contract, you should always have the intent to be able to close. And the reason is that you can do that is that there's private money, there's hard money out there that you could lend on if you wanted to. And that's where the intent comes in. But you can still assign your contract. So you can assign the contract for a fee. OK, you can double close, meaning that you close on that property. So if it's A, B and C and, and the seller is A, I'm B and the buyer is C, let's say I'm making 25,000. And this is not assignable because the fee's too big. I'm going to close on that deal, meaning that if you work with a title company or a closing attorney, they can use the position of the C's money, so the cash buyer's money in place, and you get to use that when you close on the property. The only thing is, is that you will pay closing costs. So for instance, if it's 100 grand, I will close on 100 grand with the seller. I will turn around and sell it for 120 to the buyer. So I get a $20,000 fee minus my closing costs, but I actually close on the property using the cash buyer's money. I know that's probably crazy if you're brand new. All right, but that is possible. We do it all the time. So, or you can assign it for $10,000 and then everyone will see your assignment. Or sometimes you have to bring in transactional funding. That's where you borrow funds for, for maybe 24 to 48 hours to actually close with the money. And then the cash buyer closes on you. And some title companies and attorneys will make you do that, especially if you're selling to like hedge funds. They don't like the double closing. They won't use that money in that way. So you can't you can't do it. But I'd say I only do a couple of transactionals funding probably a year the most of it is um double closing the property that's what we normally do okay and obviously unless we're flipping it then we just buy it ourselves and we don't even need the cash buyer but when you get that contract guys here's the cool thing when you have the contract in hand you decide what you do with it are you gonna buy it yourself are you gonna hold hold it as a rental are you gonna fix and flip it are you gonna wholetail it meaning you're gonna buy it stick it on the mls very quickly and sell it that way for more money? Are you going to sign it to a cash buyer for, for a fee of $7,000? Are you going to double close it for 25K, right? Where you can use the cash buyer's money. But guess what? Because you found it at a discounted price, because you've done your sales and marketing, because that's what this is, you get to choose your exit strategy, okay? So that is a wrap, guys. That is the seven steps. So one more time, all right, it's picking a market, number one. Number two is finding cash buyers. Number three is marketing to get seller leads. Number four is talking to sellers. Number five is making offers. Number six is follow-up. And number seven is closing the deal. And if you go through, follow that, you will be able to close your real estate deal. Okay, and then from that, it is a numbers game. It's rinse and repeat. Do more of it. Talk to more people, make more offers, do more, more, more follow up equals do more deals, get paid, get checks. All right. And that's what we're doing when we're in that step seven. We're there to get paid, to make the money, to hit the bank. OK, and that's what you need to do. 
Awesome, guys. I appreciate you. Remember, if you're watching, please give me a like and subscribe uh, to the channel that you're watching. I appreciate it. If you're interested in working with me, check out our group. We are killing it right now. People are making 25, 40K deals. It's just insane. And have a conversation. I've even got proof, testimonials, whatever you need. But if you're looking to work with someone, if it is me, please reach out. Go to rinetwork.com slash join. If it's not me, no problem. Still tune in, listen, uh, put comments, give me likes, argue with me, whatever you need to do, whatever makes you happy, let's do it. Have a great week. Let's get it and uh, let's take it to the next level. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.